The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Yes, amen. Thank you to our worship team. Am I on? I'm good. Okay. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. And Kaylee and, uh, and Jared was sharing us this morning. I'm really excited about uh, the growth of our international ministry and you know, you just look around. We've got a lot of international friends in our community, and and uh, having the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus is a is an exciting thing for this church. And I'm a, I'm looking forward to to what will happen there. Uh, Logan, thank you for your your communion thoughts this morning. Okay, let me make a confession up front. You know, uh, I confess that, you know, you struggle with spiritual things and temporal things periodically. And, and uh, Logan, that was happening during your communion thoughts. I loved the thoughts you were sharing, but I was just thinking, man, this is the first time I've heard a communion homily from a Viking warrior. <laughs> so and I was like, no, no, you're an elder. Go back spiritual, spiritual, right? So it was, great to, it was great to see you up here this morning. Thank you for, for sharing that, especially connecting in with, with, with your dad, right? Uh, how your dad has shaped that and formed that in you and, and that flowed through you to this congregation. So we're, we're thankful for that. Hey, if you're visiting with us this morning, we are so thankful you're here. If, if you're uh, here in the room with us or even online, uh, please know that you're a blessing from the Lord. We're just grateful that, that you're here. Um, uh, we, we have someone here who you can't really call them a visitor or a guest. It's a family member who lives uh, much of the year away from us. Jamie Boyles is here. I got to hug her when she walked in. Where's Jamie? Jamie, Jamie here. Jamie's one of our uh, missionaries that we support who serves in Rwanda. She's currently in the U.S. on assignment. I was going to say home assignment, but that doesn't really work, does it? Home is kind of a funky thing when you're a missionary. She's in the U.S. on assignment for a time, and she's worshiping with us this morning. So go greet her, hug her, let her know how much we're grateful for, for you and your work, and it's good to have you. Uh, with us. I do also want to ask uh, a question. Now, I've heard this question, or at least a form of this question. I've heard this question on an airplane. I've heard this question in, in other rooms. So, so here's my question for you. Is there a new doctor in the house? <laughs> Wes McKenzie. <clears throat> One of our shepherds, Wes McKenzie, just completed his doctorate this past week. He's the newly crowned Dr. Wes um, McKenzie. It's a major, takes a major commitment. It's a huge achievement. And we're proud of Wes and happy for the entire uh, McKenzie uh, family for that. You know, today we're going to be talking about abundance and blessing and generosity. And Wes and Delisa, I was thinking about this, Wes and Delisa are an amazing example of God's abundance for this church family. I mean, they are incredibly talented people who love others. They open their hearts and their lives to bless others. And we're incredibly thankful for you, Mackenzie, and appreciate your example uh, here in this church. If this is your, your first Sunday with us, uh, let me tell you, we're in a 
we're in week two of a three-week series uh, that we call Sharing Our Possessions, Our Goods, and the Good News. And uh, Brett started us off last week. I'm preaching this week, and then Ben will finish the series next week. And much, you know that for much of this year, Ben and Brett have been preaching on the good news and sharing our faith uh, with others. And so right here before Advent, we're focusing our hearts and our thinking on, on sharing the good news through our generosity and, and our giving. So if you're a guest here today, your timing is perfect, right? You've chosen to visit uh, a church on a Sunday that they're talking about giving, <laughs> right? Well, now church and visitors, let me come clean, okay? And let me tell you the real motivation behind this sermon because, you know, sometimes folks wonder, if, if you're doing a series on giving, there's an ulterior motive behind it. And, and we, we, do, we do have one. But let me just say up front, we do have one. But I do want to say, there's not a financial crisis in this church. That's not why we're talking about giving. You know, much to Phil Loafman's... Uh, dismay, there isn't a special parking lot project, right? And, you know, the troops aren't giving enough. So we need to crank up the guilt and squeeze a few more dollars, you know, out of them. You know, that's, that's not why we're talking about giving, Right? You know, we're talking about sharing our possessions because we want Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. I mean, all of it, all of our lives. You know, our, our hands and our hearts and our minds and our spirits and our goods. I mean, we want Jesus to be Lord of all of it. And so we're taking some time to ask God and here's the motivation, to continue to shape us into the image of his son as we think about our goods and the good news. So let's pray together and ask him to do that. God, we pray and we invite you and ask you to be in us and amongst us this morning as we hear your word and as we worship together, as we commune together. And God, form and shape us into the image of your son so that anyone can find their way to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. You know, it doesn't take long when reading scripture to see the theme of, God, of, of God's blessings in the lives of his people. Let's read 1 John 3 verse 1. See... What great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Then John 10.10. 10. You guys probably know this. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. 
You know, some translations say to have it more abundantly. I mean, can you hear that? Can you hear that language? Right? He lavishes his love on us. He's come so that we might have life to the full. Right? I mean, these passages point to the truth of God's generosity and blessings in the lives of his people. And, you know, it's very likely that many of us in this room could point to the lavishness of God's grace and mercy and blessings in our lives. You know, we could probably spend the rest of our time just sharing about how God has blessed each of us personally. But I'm also guessing that many of us could point to seasons in our lives where it would be very challenging for us to have a conversation about abundance and generosity, you know. And so I'm mindful that some of us may be in such a season this morning. But regardless of where you are today, I'm praying that you will have a sense of God's abundant goodness as we commune with each other this morning. So I want to remind us of the passages in Luke and Deuteronomy that Brett shared last week. Because they are both a reminder and a caution as we listen to God's wisdom about abundance from Luke 12. And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. You know, I think we're always confronted by questions when we deal with abundance. You know, so as we take notice of the words abundance and abundantly, let's also not miss the fact that we are reminded in this passage that greed can be a serious issue when we have abundance in our lives. Now, my very strong hunch is that I don't need to take much time trying to persuade all of us that greed is an issue in our culture. Is that right? Yeah. We see it. Sometimes we live it. So Brett then asked us to consider the passage from Deuteronomy 15. If there is anyone if there is among you anyone in need, a member of your community in any of your towns within the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward your needy neighbor. You should rather open your hand, willingly lending enough to meet the need, whatever it may be. And I love the fact that Brett wisely focused our attention on the temptation to be tight-fisted. And so he asked us to consider the question, what are you doing with your hands? Loved it. Well, I'd like to extend Brett's question through the Deuteronomy passage 
And notice what leads us to be tight-fisted. In just a couple of words earlier, we see the admonition to not be hard-hearted. So this morning, church, the question that I want to ask you is, what are you doing with your heart? So as you let that question sink in, I want you to, to think about a time when someone was incredibly generous with you. You know, who is it that comes to mind for you as the person that graciously and lavishly opened their hands and their hearts to you? My hunch is that some of you are thinking about people in this very room. When Kelly and I think about this and when we talk about it, we almost always remember the generosity shown to us by Christians in Japan. Early in our married life, we moved to Japan to live and work there for two years. And then several years later, we, we worked with a global missions ministry and we spent large portions of our, our summer in Japan with our young children. And we were able to do that largely by the generosity of Japanese Christians who opened their homes and provided vehicles and offered assistance to us. It was just incredible. You know, and, and I think most of us here this morning recognize that this is normal for, for churches and Christians to do, to do that. I mean, we do that here at the Springs Church, right? I mean, we have regular rhythms and opportunities to be generous with our goods. You know, here are some of the ways that we live into sharing the good news with our goods. And one of the ways we do that is we go through our giving, right? Many of us this morning gave a regular church contribution. Some do it online, some give it in, in, in the baskets. That's one of the ways that we are that we go through our giving. We, m most of us in this room support our missions ministry. We know the last Sunday in February is our mission Sunday offering that we bring our offerings to empower the work of our missionaries around the world. And in just a couple of weeks, our benevolence and help ministry will be taking a contribution that we use to help people in our community with the needs that they bring to us. So one of the ways we go as a church is through our giving. Another way that we do that is we give through our hospitality. Many of you host connections groups uh, each week in your homes, right? Um, we host our visiting missionaries. Some provide vehicles, some provide housing. Many provide food and other forms of support through that. Uh, it was already announced that Wednesday night we have a welcome table and everybody's welcome there, right? It's a good thing we called it welcome table, right? So that's open to our people in our community, right? Our friends and family, we can invite, we can give through our hospitality. You know, we're currently supporting and sponsoring a family from Afghanistan. We've helped them establish a home here in Edmond and provided assistance for a vehicle. And there's ongoing care and support for them to help this family from Afghanistan. And they're, they're very thankful for that. People are providing rides for English lessons and everything that we can do uh, to help them. 
Just a couple of weeks ago, we hosted an event, Trunk or Treat, and we said, y'all come, right? And we had a bunch of people from our neighborhood come, surrounding neighborhood that came. I saw people from Summit Christian School and the Boy Scout troop, people who are using our building on a regular basis. These are ways that we give through hospitality. You open your lives, you create space for your neighbors and friends and family and people we don't even know yet. So one of the ways we give is through hospitality. I am mindful that at times we are confronted by this interesting dilemma that even though we live with abundance, it can be easy for us to focus on the immediate stress of our financial demands, right? I mean, we hear all the time in the news about rising interest rates and rampant inflation and all kinds of other things that remind us or help us sort of feel like things are scarce out there. There's not enough. So it's really important for us to make sure that we have healthy thinking about generosity. You know, there's a lot of research out there about generosity. And you can make the case, which I personally believe to be true, that people are generous. I mean, there are billions of dollars every year that are given to good causes. Research out there says that 25% of the population volunteers in some way. And this week I read an article on the science of generosity, trying to explain why people are generous. So I was thinking from evolutionary theory and brain science and even the health benefits of generous living. But let me just quickly share some thinking about generosity that may spark some deeper thinking for you. First of all, let me, let's, let me just mention what generosity is not. Generosity is not dependent on our financial situations. And generosity is not uh, defined by amount, right? The widow's might tells us, the story of the widow's might in the Bible tells us about the incredible generosity of that gift. Generosity is not coerced. Generosity is not coerced. You can't guilt someone into being generous. You might be able to guilt someone into giving, but that's, that's not generosity, right? Generosity is not leftover living. The Bible has a lot to say about giving from our first fruits. It's not leftover living. And even though we're talking about being generous with our goods, the good news and our goods, right? It's not only about goods, right? It's also about our hearts. So let me just share quickly what generosity is. This isn't an exhaustive list, but generosity is a decision. And we're gonna, we'll see that in just a minute. Generosity is taught and it's caught. Generous people have experienced generosity, right? They've received it. They've witnessed it. They've participated in it. They've probably learned it from mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or the communities that they're a part of. Generosity is taught and it's caught. And generosity is first fruits living. It's first fruits living that's a way of living defined by the kingdom 
of God. You know, generosity is marked by joy. God loves a cheerful giver. And we hope and pray that generosity is a demonstration of God's faithfulness in the lives of other people that we get to participate in. So as I was thinking and praying about this, uh, this sermon, I realized that this church is writing our own article about the science of generosity. Now, I'm going to have to get assistance from Dr. Holly Hickson and uh, Dr. Uh, Amanda Nichols, our two PhDs in chemistry, to kind of craft the right article for acceptance in a science journal, okay? So I'm going to need a little bit of assistance to do that. But, but here's, here's the name of the article that, we're, um, that this church is writing about the science of generosity, and this is what it is. Generosity is in our DNA. You know, our history church is filled with stories of God's faithfulness, and several years ago I shared one example of that in the history of this church. So nearly 60 years ago, this this church partnered with the Pasir Panjang Church in Singapore, which began in, in 1964 in a small government housing project in Singapore. Two American missionaries uh, helped establish that church, and then Singaporeans uh, grew into the leadership with, with Henry Kong's, a few people here uh, remember that name, with Henry Kong becoming minister in, in 1967. So that's when the village, then the Quell Springs Church, and now the Springs, began the financial support of, of Henry and Nat Kong. And a few years later, uh, that small church located property in a section of Singapore and asked Quail Springs to loan them $400,000 to purchase land. Now, this, they loaned them, that's the, that's the Q word worship team, loaned them $400,000 to, to purchase land. Now, this, this was in the 19... Uh, 80s. And uh, some of you remember the 80s uh, weren't just about big bangs and, and acid, wash, acid, acid wash jeans. Should have practiced that a little bit more. In the 1980s, the, uh, the economy in Oklahoma was very turbulent, and, and many of you lived through that. Um, you know, many of our families worked in the oil and gas industry and prices were plummeting and banks were failing and um, so I can only imagine that that lend the thought of lending a small church in Singapore that sum of money might not seem like a wise thing to do but the church leadership decided to do it by faith they made the decision, the generous decision, that mission was more important. The Pasir Panjang Church was able to buy land, build a building, and, and gradually they became financially self-supporting, uh, and they paid back that loan over time. 
and they finished their financial obligations to us in the 90s. I know Monty and Monima Stevens visited uh, one time as church representatives, and, uh, and Nelson and, and Penny Eubank uh, were sent as the representatives uh, to travel to Singapore to receive the final uh, payment. And when that final payment was made, was given, we turned around and we gave back the $27,000 to go towards their Mission Sunday offering. And today's Pasir Panjang Church has more than 500 members and they support their own mission points in Malaysia, in Indonesia, in Vietnam, Myanmar, India, China, and the Philippines, and they've given over a million dollars since 2007 through their own Mission Sunday offering, which is modeled after the one that they saw here. When that happened, Henry Kong said, thank you for believing in us. But here's the part that I love. He said, your reckless generosity has inspired us to be recklessly generous as well. Now, I don't share this to say, oh, look how good we are. Look how generous we are. But church, I want you to understand that Generosity is in the DNA of this church. But I want us to see it even more clearly that God's reckless generosity with us is inspiring us to be recklessly generous with others. You know, I'm standing here this morning framed by an incredibly powerful symbol of God's grace and generosity, his table that we gathered around this morning. We're all welcomed to it. And Brett reminded us last week that Jesus is standing with open hands and open arms to receive us, to receive you, to receive me. We're invited to the table of the king. And it's open to you because of his tender mercy and his gracious generosity. So Springs Church, may our hearts be formed and shaped by his goodness. And may that flow to others. I mean, we know that generosity changes people. It changes us. It changes them. And we catch a glimpse of heaven's goodness and grace when we open our hearts and our lives to others. Let's stand and sing of his goodness.